We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Drew Johnson. You can find us both on Twitter, at Dalton underscore Trigg, and at CoachDrew33. Give us a follow there. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps us out when you do that. It also enters you for a chance to win future giveaways. So be sure to do that. Uh, I know I've been promising, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a T-shirt giveaway here pretty soon. But the reason it's taking so long is because I'm waiting uh, on a new design, you know, to come up on our on our uh, T public store before we uh, before we do that. So uh, I'm not going to spoil it. I will post it on Twitter, though, when when we do have it ready. And uh, we're going to do uh, a giveaway. We're going to give away a couple of those uh, to start out. So, uh, DJ, we got a lot to talk about. Mass free agency, uh, some potential trades that we could still be waiting on. And you have restricted free agency that starts later this week. And that plus a couple of hypothetical, you know, or, well, expected trades with uh, stars around the league. Uh, that the rest of the NBA is waiting on. That's what's holding everything up. But let's get into it. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does. He hits. He hits. And the Mavericks have won the game. Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn. And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. All right, so the biggest part of mass free agency that we have to lead off with, DJ, is Kyrie Irving is coming back to Dallas. Uh, it was something that was expected to happen. You know, everything from the from his production to the way he got along with Luca and Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison, and he really enjoyed his time in Dallas, even though the season didn't end the way they wanted it to. He really enjoyed his time in Dallas. He loved the media in Dallas, the way we cover him. Uh, you know, everything just was it – was, it was good vibes aside from the Mavs not having enough depth, 
you know, to close out games. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, despite all the rumors, despite all the speculation, you know, he was going to have other meetings with teams uh, at the beginning of free agency. The Mavs come in with a three-year, $126 million offer, uh, and Kyrie Irving and his representation canceled all of those other meetings that they were going to have and just said, okay, yep, we're back. So uh, good for the Mavs, uh, getting that out of the way, making it no drama. Uh, You know, considering that Kyrie was eligible for a five-year max contract of up to, I believe it was $270 million, uh, three years, $126 million is a pretty good contract, in my opinion, for him. And it's a two- two years, and then a player option for the third year. So uh, for a guy that is in his prime, for a guy that averages 27 points, five rebounds, five assists, a little over one steal a game on near 50, 40, 90 efficiency, I think this is a pretty solid deal for the Mavs. And the most important thing is, you know you didn't trade – two starters in Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie and a 2029 unprotected first-round pick for just 20 games of Kyrie Irving in a -hmm. season where you didn't even make the play-in tournament. So uh, that's the biggest thing. That's what everybody was worried about. It's like surely they'll be able to bring him back after trading that for him. He's not going to walk, right? But no, no, Kyrie Irving is back. He's going to give it another go with Luka. The offensive numbers were off the charts with that duo, and now they've added a little bit more defense with the draft, and they're hoping to do more, you know, uh, in the coming weeks uh, to fill out the roster around them with more defense and rebounding. So we'll see how that goes. But what's your initial thoughts on Kyrie Irving coming back to Dallas? Honestly, thank God. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was getting a little anxious you know, seeing that he was having these meetings with other teams and stuff. I was like, Oh no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think we'll ever fully atone for the whole Jalen Brunson, uh, fiasco, but this is a start. I mean, thank God. <laughs> oh yeah, man. The Brunson thing that, that was such a dark cloud. And like, I, look, I get it. Brunson is what, five six years younger than Kyrie and mm-hmm. he's on a pretty solid contract himself you know four mm-hmm. he signed four years a hundred million uh with with the Knicks but I mean if you're comparing them side by side Kyrie is the better player I mean it's not it's not even I mean I know people look at the stats and think it's close it's not close I think that Kyrie Irving is by far the better player uh he has proven to, that he can show out on the highest level in the NBA Finals. He won a title with the with the Cavs and LeBron back in 2016. Uh, he's had several really high-level playoff performances, and I think, you know, if the Mavs can find a way to get back into the postseason, it's going to be really hard to knock out Luka and Kyrie in a playoff setting. That's just That's just my opinion on it, and I think – you know, you look back, and I, I understand people are waiting for more to happen uh, with this Mavs offseason, but they've had a good offseason so far. Mm-hmm. They knock, they knocked the draft out of the park, in my opinion. They filled two big needs. Well, three big needs, really. They got off of Davis Breton's contract. 
they drafted the guy that they were going to draft at 10 anyway and Derek Lively, the second. Uh, they were going to draft him at, with the 10th pick, and they ended up getting him anyway with the 12th mm-hmm. pick. And then they used that trade exception uh, from trading Bertans to get Omax Prosper and Rashawn Holmes from the Kings with that trade exception. So, and I mean, look, I know Rashawn Holmes, he may not, he may or may not be on this roster uh, by the time training camp comes. They may end up packaging him and trading him for something else. But if they don't, I mean, I could potentially see where he could even help next season based on what the Mavs front court was last year, at least, you know, Uh, because he's had some personal stuff go on uh, with, uh, I think like maybe with his child, I think it was a custody battle he was in or something like that. Had that stuff going on. He had some, uh, a couple of eye injuries, I think uh, that he's coming back from, but look, the only game that uh, Rashawn Holmes started last year for the Kings, he went like seven of seven, and he had a big double-double. So, I mean, look, the the Mavs would take that kind of production, and we'll see how it goes. But the thing is, the Mavs have lost so many games on the margins, if you look at last year. They played a league-high 55 or 56 clutch games, I think what it was. So well over half of the games were clutch games, and they lost 29 of them. Mm-hmm. So that 29 games that you lost on the margins – you know, it wasn't about star power. It was about the rest of the guys. And I think they have improved already enough on the margins to where they can win a lot more of those games next year. And they still have work to do. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm satisfied with this offseason yet. But I am happy with what they've done so far. Not just for this next season, but for the future, too, with, with uh, Lively and Prosper. It's, it's looking – everything is trending up for the Mavs right now, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to see how the new guys get integrated and how they all fit with Luka and Kyrie together because, I mean, I just have – I have a good feeling for how this next season can go. I mean, it's – there's the chemistry is going to continue to get better, you know uh, – when uh, when Kyrie Irving was first traded to the Mavs, Luca was still injured, so he played his first like three games I think without Luca, and then Luca came back, and uh, Kyrie got injured at some point and had to miss a few games, and then Luca got injured again. I mean, it was, it was just back and forth. It didn't have enough time to build a lot of chemistry with the rest of the roster, and you know. Uh, their personal chemistry, even though they had great offensive numbers, they only played with each other like what, uh, 14, 15 games, something like that. So, Not much, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really excited about it. Uh, the Mavs also signed Seth Curry, it's the third time, uh, since 20, shoot, when was it, 2016, 2017, I think. So, it's Seth Curry's third stint. Uh, he shoots. 45.2 hold on no 43 hold on I, I i tweeted it earlier and now i, I have forgotten it but <laughs> uh let's see for his career he shoots 43.5 percent from three which is sixth all time in nba history uh he shot a career high 45.2 percent from three his last stint in dallas in 2019 2020 season uh and 
not a coincidence that career high from three was when, you know, his only season of his career where he's played with Luka Doncic. So super excited to see how that turns out. But, you know, aside from Kyrie, what, you know, what are you most excited about from, you know, what the Mavs have done so far, whether it's, you know, the draft with the new guys signing Seth Curry, Dwight Powell re-signing, which Mavs Twitter is super thrilled about being very sarcastic about that they're not thrilled about it but <laughs> what, what 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 are you looking most forward to uh, assuming that we're not done here and i don't think we're done well you know whenever we uh we were back like even back when the season was still going on um we talked about what this team needed and you know to me initially what needed to be uh you know addressed first and foremost was rim protection. And I felt like we did that in Derek Lively. You know, I know some people aren't that big of a fan of him and I understand why, but the guy comes in and is able to do what we need him to do. And that is catch lobs, switch on the pick and roll, rebound, and most importantly, block shots. Um, now, I would still like us to make a move later on for, say, a DeAndre Ayton or something like that just to give us some insurance and for us to not have to throw Lively in the fire right away. But I feel like we knocked that pick out of the park. But I think it's arguably even more interesting what they did with their later pick in Omax. Um, I think that he is a very uh, DFS kind of guy. Um I think that uh, may, he's maybe a little bit more offensively gifted than Dorian. So I would say that I'm probably the most excited about what we did in the draft. Close second, of course, is Kyrie Irving. That was necessary. I felt like I mean, oh, yeah. we need him. We need him. If we're going to be contenders now, we need him. Um, and, you know, the, the Curry signing, I like. We do need more shooting. You can always use more shooting. I worry about him defensively, but we've already seen what his defensive limitations are, so it's nothing that we're not already accustomed to seeing. Um, there's not much mystery with Curry. He's going to come in. He's going to knock down threes. He's going to be a really good um, dish-out guy, you know, for Luka to yeah. hit in the corner for easy three-point opportunities. Um, Powell, uh I hate that uh, we spent money on him, but whatever. Um, and, I mean, uh, the three three years, twelve million. I'm not, I'm not upset with the amount. I mean, I get yeah. it. I think you know he is a he is a solid. I'm trying to be not. He is, he is a solid regular season center, but that I think doesn't he's a mean good culture that, guy too. I think he's yeah, a good he's, culture guy as well. Exactly. I just you know, he just shouldn't be starting. He shouldn't no. be the starting center. No. And to be fair, he should have never been put in the situation that he was put in initially. That right. is our <laughs> failing as an organization, not not Powell's fault by yeah. any means. Um, but, you know, I, I think that we really, really need to sign a starting caliber center. Um, and or Trey. I don't really turn my, my nose up to Andre Drummond. Honestly, I mean, again, like Lively – he does what we need him to do. I mean, how many times have we actually thrown the ball to the post? Granted, we never really had a true post threat, but how many times have we honestly thrown the ball to the post? It's just not yeah. part of our game plan. It just isn't. Yeah. So yeah, we need we need a guy who is who who knows what his role is. Yeah, grab all the rebounds possible. 
set screens, roll. If you get the ball, you get the ball. If not, you know, you've opened up space for whoever you're setting the screen for. That's who that's who the Mavs need as their starting center. And Derek Lively, even before the draft, he was talking about his potential fit with the Mavs. And, you know, he voiced that, that, you know, he knew if he ended up in Dallas, that would be his role, and he accepted that. So I'm looking forward to see how ready he is. I know, I know it takes NBA big men a little bit more time to get acclimated than, you know, guards or, or forwards uh, that, you know, know how to dribble and shoot and everything. They usually hit the ground running. Big men, it's a little bit different because, you know, they have to get in the NBA weight room. They have have to add a little bit more muscle. Uh, and, you know, you have to just – you have to – I don't know. It's just a different game. It's a different game in the NBA than it is in college. But I do think the way the Mavs play – and, I mean, they run a, a ton of pick and roll, which, you know, most NBA teams mm-hmm. just run a, a ton of pick and roll these days. So, uh, I do think it's going to be a little bit easier transition for Lively than what most people think. But the biggest thing with him is just going to be to get in the weight room, add some more muscle, add some more definition, and uh, just, just keep doing what you're doing. Because, you know, I think – once he gets that done in a couple of years, we're not going to be talking about the Mavs having to sign or trade another center. He's going to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, they just want somebody that's already there physically, uh, and, you know, just so they don't have to push lively further than what he probably needs to go in his rookie year. So we'll see how it goes. But you mentioned DeAndre Ayton. I kind of think that ship has sailed just because, one, Phoenix has already filled out their roster. That's not saying that they can't – they still can't trade Aiton, but, you know, the idea was to trade, some, you know, like Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and JaVale McGee was the, the reported offer uh, for Aiton on draft night, and, you know, the, the Suns did not want JaVale McGee. They probably didn't want Rashawn Holmes either, but I, I don't know that for sure. But I do know for sure that they didn't want JaVale McGee, so it didn't go through. Um. Now, you know, it would have to be – it wouldn't just be a thing where you could trade uh, two or three for one player because, you know, the Suns only have so many roster spots. I guess they could cut some people or, or something. But uh, I think now, and especially with their last signing, they got Eric Gordon, who is older than Tim Harwood, about four years older than Tim Harwood Jr., but the production is about the same. Uh, he shoots better percentages than than THJ, so I feel like they don't need Tim Hardaway Jr. anymore, and I feel like that eight and ship is sailed. But some other trade options, and we've written about all of these at DallasBasketball.com. So you guys listening, uh, go over there and check out some of our uh, scenarios we've thrown together and see what you think. But I look at Atlanta with Clint Capella. I think that is a realistic option. That is a team that the Mavs uh, talked with on draft night. And, you know, before they traded with OKC, they were talking with Atlanta about potentially swapping pick 10 uh, and 15. But the Mavs wanted Capella. The Hawks wanted to uh, trade John Collins instead of Capella, which, you know, the Mavs didn't want him because of his – he's on a bad contract in my opinion. So – I was okay with that. But that could be something that they circle back to because 
the report said that the Hawks were insistent that the Mavs include Jaden Hardy or Josh Green in that deal for Capella, and the Mavs didn't want to do that. And, uh, you know, since then, the Hawks, they, they made a trade with the Houston Rockets, and they got Ty Ty Washington and uh, uh, Usman Garuba from, mm-hmm. from Houston. It was basically a salary dump deal. And they got both of those players for basically nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look at that and I'm thinking, well, does that make it? <laughs> does that make it to where Atlanta might not be as in, insistent on getting Josh Green or Jaden Hardy from the Mavs? And if so, you know, maybe they revisit that and they end up getting Capella. Another scenario I look at: uh, our guy Mark Stein uh, reported that the Cleveland Cavaliers are more open to trading. Jared Allen than what they've been leading on, you know, this whole off season. So he would be uh, awesome. He would be awesome. And there is actually, there have actually been reports in the last four or five months that, you know, Cleveland is one of those teams that legitimately has had interest in Tim Hardaway Jr. There were talks about a Tim Hardaway Jr. for uh, Karis LeVert trade around the trade deadline last year. So we know that the Cavs have some interest in Hardaway Jr. And his contract almost lines up perfectly. Let's see. THJ is making $17 million a year. Allen is making $20 million a year. So, you know, say, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, JaVale McGee, and say they throw in a pick instead of having to give up Hardy or Green. You know, maybe that works. Now, do they want to burn that 2027 first-round pick uh, for Jarrett Allen when you just, you know, drafted Derek Lively, who is really supposed to be your center for the future? I don't know. I don't I don't know what their thinking would be there. But uh, that that's something you have to look at. Uh, another scenario with uh, – and I'm just kind of throwing these out, as, you know, as we've seen them over the last few days, but – the Clippers, you know, they're supposedly open to trading uh, uh, Zubak. Hmm. I'm not going to try to pronounce his first name, but uh, Zubak, he's on a, he's got two years left on his current deal, makes $10 million a year. That would be a solid option for the Mavs, too. And then, like you said, Drummond, the Mavs were expected to sign Drummond in free agency, probably over Powell. Uh, but he decided to opt into his $3 million option with the Chicago Bulls, so the only way he could find his way to Dallas now is via trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why that didn't happen. If he hadn't, if he had opted out, he'd probably be a Dallas Maverick right now, but it didn't happen that way. Um, so that's, that's some of the, you know, the big center options that I could see the Mavs uh, ending up doing and oh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic in Portland mm-hmm. uh, because you know Damian Lillard he finally uh, requested a trade and everybody everybody been saying you know Portland's not going anywhere if he wants to win he probably needs to go ahead and ask out he didn't do it for so long well he's finally done it uh, they're reportedly working on you know trading Lillard to I think the main suitors have been uh, the Miami Heat the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I think I saw the Utah Jazz are trying to get their way in there. And the Boston uh, Celtics. 
and the Boston Celtics are in there. I saw the San Antonio Spurs listed as a dark horse. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, stuff going on there. James Harden is reportedly wanting out of the Philadelphia 76ers. So the league is kind of stuck right now waiting to see what happens with those situations. And depending on what happens, there could be third teams involved, other pieces, you know, maybe, uh, you know, in a trade for Dame, the team Dame goes to, maybe Portland tries to trade Yusuf Nurkic as well, but that team getting Dame doesn't want Nurkic, so they would need a third team to take it, and guess what? The Mavs need a center. Maybe they can get involved there and, uh, you know, get a guy like that as their starting five. So there's so many different scenarios. It's kind of, it, it, you can't, we would be on here all day trying to go through all the different things that could happen, but you know, it's stuff like that. I look at, and uh, you know, I wonder what the possibilities are like. So for example, and I'm, I'm rambling here, so bear with me, but say the Celtics, for example, say they end up trading for Dame, you know, if you look at their, their starting five, or if you look at their biggest contracts on the roster, you know, who is who is going to be the casualty there? I would say since they just traded for Porzingis and signed him to a new extension, that Al Horford might be the odd man out mm-hmm. if that happened. And Al Horford would be an amazing stopgap center for the Mavs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's all kinds of different possibilities uh, that can come from these trades, and we just have to wait and see how they unfold. Now, uh you know, if he goes to Miami, I don't really see anything that that would be interesting <laughs> that could happen for the Mavs there. But uh, maybe like uh, Cody Martin or something. I don't know. But he's not a center, so no. Uh, but I mean, out of all those options, is there somebody you would prefer that they that they end up getting as their as their starting center, or you just kind of are you okay with rolling out lively and just seeing what happens, or maybe even Rashawn Holmes? I don't know. I would like a starter caliber center and to be able to play lively behind him for at least a little while. You know, the, the Al Horford thing intrigues me because Al Horford, I don't know how many years he's got left, you know, I don't know how much. Not many. <laughs> yeah. So that might be a pretty good little uh, exchange of power there. Um, but I love Jared Allen. I love him. He's exactly what we need, honestly. So, and he's a Texas um, native. Yeah, so, you know, maybe we could swing that. Um, like I said, I wouldn't turn turn my nose up at Drummond. And honestly, Drummond is another guy that, you know, maybe after two or three years, uh, Lively will surpass him. But um, I'm all about accumulating assets. We need to get the best possible player we can in this scenario for obvious reasons. So, Charles, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, hey, it's okay. Look, I I'm winging this episode. I told you because I'm in my in my truck here. I've got my little buddy over here too. This is Chance, everybody. Yes, he's much less involved than Harles is. The only Rhodesian Ridgeback Dotson mix I've ever known in, uh, in my time <laughs> living on this earth. So he is very unique, and I love him. But anyway, <laughs> we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But, um, yeah, you know, if I had to say my favorite, it would probably be Jared Allen. Um, well, and again, that might be the most realistic option. Because, I mean, look, as many guards as the Mavs have on their roster right now, you have to think that a Tim Hardaway Jr. trade is coming. Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's now or a week from now or sometime before training camp starts, you have to think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to get traded. Mm-hmm. He's been in trade rumors for the last two trade deadlines. Well, basically since he signed his deal that he's on right now, he's been in trade rumors. And they would have traded him, traded him the season before last, but then he got injured and they couldn't trade him. Uh, but I, I have to think the Seth Curry signing is a signal that they're going to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. before it's said and done. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then you risk having a situation where kid maybe doesn't give Jaden Hardy the minutes he needs coming off the bench because you have a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. who's a veteran and making X amount of money and kid might feel obligated, you know, to, to give Hardaway those minutes. And I don't, I, they need to avoid that situation uh, at all costs. So I think the Jared Allen thing is probably the most realistic, especially since the Cavs have shown interest in him. So I, I'm with you. I think that would be excellent. And he's not making, I mean, it's $20 million, but you know, he does everything the Mavs need from the center position and $20 million for Jared Allen sounds a lot better to me than $32 million for Deandre Ayton, mm-hmm. you know, or if also, you look at Minnesota, what they're doing also, with Gobert, Gobert is making like 43 million a year, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think that it would take less to make Jared Allen happy than it would to keep Deandre Ayton happy just from, you know, oh, who, sure. how much the ball perspective. Uh, you know, I think Allen's kind of got the same mentality that Lively's got coming in, you know, do your job, whereas Aiton has got visions of grandeur. And I'm not saying Aiton isn't good, but I don't know if Aiton really fits in with the dynamic that we need. You know, you've got two extremely ball-dominant guards that are our primary offensive weapons right now. Um, it would be very hard for us to implement, you know, involvement with the post uh, fluidly, um, 
without really just screwing things up where outside of the pick and roll, whereas, you know, lively and Allen and potentially Drummond, you just throw them a lob every now and get uh, every now and again, and they're good. So, um, like I, I said, think, I think the Allen one is the best one. I think Allen would be a great role model for, uh, for lively, mm-hmm. you know, just like the, just the prototype. Like I think, I think he would be a great role model, uh, especially how Allen filled out, you know, when he got to the league, where he started to where he's at now, you know, he could provide a lot of experience and really Powell could too, because Powell's, you know, added a ton of muscle uh, since he first started out in the league. I've always said this before, you know, we give Powell a lot of grief and the fan base gives Powell a lot of grief because, you know, of his lack of rebounding and everything. If his arms were about three inches longer, he would be, uh, I'm not going to say an all-star player, but he we would not have any complaints about Powell if he had a little bit longer arms because he is just he is just about that close from getting you know he would be getting ten rebounds a game if his length uh, synced up with his effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's more physical limitations for Powell than anything else. But yeah, no, um, I agree. But, but yeah, I think you know a combination of Powell and his locker room presence, his you know, like you said, the culture uh, that he's kind of helped establish, and then you bring in a guy like Allen that Lively can learn from. You know how he takes care of his body, how he built himself up, uh, and then you add in the fact that Lively can actually shoot a little bit from the perimeter. You know that's that's going to be the biggest thing for Lively too. That mm-hmm. you know can separate himself from you know, all the other guys because he can be your prototypical type of center, set screens, block shots. But then if he's also able to step out and hit a three every now and then too, while being that prototypical center, that would be amazing too. Because mm-hmm. you look at guys like Porzingis and Carl Anthony Towns and some of these guys that, you know, can hit the three-point shot, but they're not really your prototypical type of center. And that's the type of center that you need uh, when you have a guy like Luca, because Luca mm-hmm. plays best with that type of guy. So, and another thing with Allen too, and this is no disrespect whatsoever to uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Those two guys are tremendous. They're all-star caliber players. Uh, they had a fantastic year in Cleveland this past year, but I like Allen running several pick and rolls with Luca and Kyrie much more than with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. So I think uh, I think the potential, you know, Allen ceiling gets raised a little bit in Dallas versus what it is right now in Cleveland. So right, uh, right. at I'm, the very I'm, least, sorry, at the very no, least, um, you know, you at least get to see Allen in a very similar scenario that he would be in Dallas: two ball dominant guards, two ball dominant scoring guards. Uh, that run a lot of PNR. So, you know, I think, I think Allen would be a great fit. Like if, if anything, it's amplified, like you said, like, I think that he'd be great here. And there's still, and I mean, we're, we're going to end it right here and uh, you know, we'll come back on here and talk about anything else that happens later this week. And maybe there'll be some other trades and restricted free agency that doesn't start until Thursday because uh, guy, restricted free agents can't officially sign offer sheets uh, until Thursday. So 
there's still stuff going on with that. The Mavs have uh, reported interest in uh, Grant Williams from the Celtics, who I know you really like. You think he would be an excellent fit in Dallas, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, shoots 43% from three for his career in the postseason, plays excellent defense. I think that, you know, he would fit in quite well in Dallas. Uh, Matisse Thibel is another guy that they've been interested in. His offense is really rough, but, you know, he's a, he's a very hectic defender, and depending on what the price is, you know, that might be, that might be an okay option. Um, and then the Christian Wood stuff, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Christian Wood. We know he's not coming back to Dallas, at least we think. Uh, he kind of – Mavs Twitter kind of got up in arms the other day because uh, he had unfollowed the Mavs on social media, and then he recently refollowed them. Uh, and everybody was thinking, uh, well, huh, what's going on here? But no, no, Christian Wood is is not coming back to the Mavs. Uh, now, wherever he does sign, you know, it might end up being a sign and trade, and maybe the Mavs can get a piece from another team uh, with that kind of situation. I know the Charlotte Hornets have been interested in him uh, at one point, and, you know, they have guys like, um, like say, P.J. Washington, for example. That could be an interesting sign and trade uh, situation, and then that way you have you have a guy that can start at the four instead of having to force you know Maxi to start or even Omax as a rookie starting at the four. So mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on, man. Uh, I know it's it's our heads have been just been spinning uh, for the last week really the last couple of weeks because it starts with the draft and then free agency right after that, uh, restricted free agency coming up, summer league after that, uh, and then there's a little bit of a dead period, but really not because then, you know, uh, uh, the World Cup basketball stuff will happen with Luca. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching him play. Uh, and then next thing you know, it's training camp and it's it's starting up all over again. So it's just this this NBA stuff is just an endless loop but I love it. I love mm. it. Uh, I love what the Mavs have done so far, and I'm excited to see what they do here in the next uh, next week or so because uh, I know people are restless. I know they are impatient. They want you know the Mavs to fill every hole that they had in one offseason. But I said from the beginning, before we even started the offseason, that's probably not possible. Now, if Nico Harrison comes out here and does it, more power to him. He's had a great offseason so far, but it's just really hard to fill that many holes in one offseason. And he's had to try and, you know, clean up the mistakes of the previous front office. And he's still not done with that because we, you know, we still owe the Knicks a pick from that Porzingis deal uh, that we didn't have to give them this year. Thank goodness that turned out really well for the Mavs. But, um, you know, he, he's done a really good job, and I'm excited to see uh, where he goes from here because he has had a great offseason, in my opinion. So, guys, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening every single week. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your other favorite podcast platforms. And, again, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really appreciate it. really helps us out. And as soon as that new T-shirt design, it is Kyrie Irving related since he re-signed. As soon as that uh, is finished up, 
Uh, I'm going to post that on Twitter, and we're going to be giving away a couple of those T-shirts. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Uh, Have a great 4th of July holiday for those of you who are getting off, and we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.